Welcome, it's Alex as your host for today, um, and welcome to another installment of our Transfer Window mini-series, Snapshots, where we're interviewing someone who knows far more about the players we are signing than we do. And on, on that note, I'm joined by the brilliant Jack Elderton, lifelong West Ham fan and editor of Anal- Analytics United, who's graciously allowing me to drag him away from a holiday somewhere nice and sunny and relaxing to chat about this cursed sport for a bit that he's probably taken a nice holiday away from. Uh, thank you so much, Jack. You're most welcome. It's it's really nice to be back talking about football. It's uh, it's nice and sunny is one way of describing it. 40 degrees in Seville can be a little <laughs> bit like standing in a death ray or sitting in a sauna at, at all times. But uh, but yeah, no, it's nice to be talking about football again. It's, it's been a little while. Yeah, and on the other hand, people like, like to think of Cape Town as, you know, quite nice and sunny. It's a, it's a nice destination, I think. Um, but it's actually quite freezing and very windy at the moment. So we're in completely different um, spheres. But anyways, last time we spoke on a podcast together, of course, the roles were actually reversed. Your club, West Ham, was signing the best player from my other club, Lyon, Lucas Paqueta. So I hope you don't mind me turning the spotlight back on you and trying to glean as much as I can about a player that I'm sure holds an even more special place in your heart than Paqueta probably does in mine as a player who's come through your academy and, you know, spent many years at the club, of course, Declan Rice. Yeah, I think this is probably the most heartbreaking pod I'm ever going to do, <laughs> covering West Ham. <laughs> this is my way of getting revenge. This is my way of getting revenge. <laughs> but yeah, let's get straight into it. So Rice is signing for over £100 million, comfortably a record transfer fee um, paid by the Arsenal. After making just shy of 250 appearances for West Ham, 204 of those coming in the Premier League. Um, he's still only 24 years old, but you can already see there's tons of experience under his belt. Can you please take me through his development as a footballer since first breaking through into West Ham's first team about six years ago now? It's something I'm particularly interested in as I don't think many outside West Ham at least projected him to develop into a footballer that would end up going for nearly as much money as he has ended up joining Arsenal for. Well, I'm already going to be an uncooperative guest because I'm going to start just before he broke into the into the first team at West Ham. And I think it's relevant because his PL2 career at West Ham is one that's um, of interest, I would suggest, because in this time when Declan Rice came from Chelsea, broke into the, into the, into the first team in that youth group at West Ham, there was suddenly a little bit of excitement about West Ham's youth team. And um, I think we won, I think it would have been the PL2 Cup um, that season with Declan Rice as captain of, of the youth team. And that was the first time there was that real buzz around um, the group. And Deck was the player who perhaps surprisingly, because I don't think he was one of the flair guys, he wasn't someone who'd come through and been expected to, to really um, smash his way through into the first team, had kind of risen through, became a leader and suddenly began to look like one of the guys that was going to break into the first team soonest. And it would have been Slavin Bilic, I suppose, who, who gave him his first chance in the first team. And when he first came in, I think as everyone knows, um, he was playing as a centre-back. And we were pretty rubbish at this time in West Ham's history. It was towards the end of, of Slavin Bilic's time at West Ham. We were playing a back three a lot and Deck came in as someone who, he looked like a player who had all of the attributes in terms of um, the sort of mental side of the game, being able to bounce back from mistakes, being able to respond really well to difficult situations. Also really, really vocal, which is a surprising thing from such a young player coming straight into the first team. 
Um, but one of the, the the early issues I remember him having was dealing with the high ball, crosses into the box, not being um, confident or assertive in his decision making. Would there be, you know, if you're playing as the left centre back and they've got a central centre back in the middle of the three, you know, is the guy behind me actually going to be coming over the top to head this away? So should I duck or should I go for it? couple of moments like that one that definitely led to a goal that I can remember um, and it was after that really I think with Pellegrini after Bilic was um, sacked Moyes came in for a short period and then Pellegrini came in after that that Rice began to really become uh, sort of a, a consistent figure um, in the in the first team I think a little bit with Bilic and then more so with Pellegrini as more of a midfielder rather than a defender and I think his development immediately after that was incredibly quick in midfield it was a super super fast rise to being uh quite comfortably our best midfielder very quickly incredible um defensively and then sort of more of a slow linear development when it came to his his on-ball contribution what he could do to assist the team going forwards and i think where you've really seen him blossom is 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 since Moyes has come in for the second stint at West Ham, bedded in a, a pretty clear 4-2-3-1, which will look like a 4-4-2 low to mid-block um, defensively, where he's partnered with with Thomas Suchek, who you know, frankly doesn't really want the ball. Um, he's not someone who gets on the ball very much. He's not someone who contributes very much in possession. That pretty much made Deck the central hub for everything the team did in possession under, under Moyes. And we've seen a really clear development to his play over that period. So first of all, the blend of the midfield, as was as I described, Suchek really offensive. Um, and Rice was much more conservative, deeper, helping progress the play, lots of long diagonals. And then we, we saw in, in the second season, a little bit more oscillation between the two, Suchek and Rice. Rice starting to bring in those, um, those runs that have become kind of characteristic, I guess. It's kind of what you think about certainly as as a West Ham fan, what I think about when I think of, of Declan Rice are, are those driving runs, taking the ball off someone around the edge of the box and then driving 20, 30, 40 yards up the pitch before before releasing a pass. We saw more of that, more of him trying to get towards the edge of the box. And then strangely enough, really, and I suppose one of the things that's been a frustration as a West Ham fan um, in this third season was even more involvement for Rice going forward until the second half of this most recent season, where Suchek was maybe a little bit deeper. We saw more of Suchek getting on the ball in deeper areas, more mistakes as a result of that. And actually Rice being someone that drove up the pitch an awful lot and and tried to get around the box, taking shots from the edge of the box, even breaking into the box, similar to, to how Suchek had done previously. Um, so a real clear development to what he can contribute offensively. And, and that's grown over time, not just his passing, obviously his carrying, but also his, his shooting around the edge of the box. I think one of the frustrations maybe as a West Ham fan has been that at times it, it maybe slightly has come at a cost to the sort of, uh, the makeup of our team and what makes sense for the profiles we have, because sometimes it has felt a little bit like Rice running the midfield and, Maybe you've got other players who can't fit in when he's contributing so much going forward. We've maybe been a little bit more benefited when he's been sitting back and being that that safe guy in midfield, helping us um, protect the defence and, and 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 be controlled, particularly when we're defending so often under under Moyes. Really. Okay, perfect. Um, before we move on to actually profiling him as as a player and getting all of your thoughts on him there, uh, stylistically and in terms of role, um, what you spoke about earlier about him making massive improvements over a very short period of time. What attributes did you really see 
sort of skyrocketing over that period a couple seasons back? I think the thing that that, that that was so quick and dramatic was that initially you saw someone who was super committed, uh, intense, um, running around, making tackles, like for really high volume sort of defensive output, and then very quick development and then sort of polishing on that for the last uh, few seasons to suddenly just being able to pick your moments really well. So not always having to drive out, make make the tackles, make... I, it's, it sounds mad, but like Hollywood tackles, if you like, when you're a low block side and you have someone who goes steaming out to make a slide, sliding tackle and all the fans <laughs> get up. And that's the thing that inspires you when you're playing such defensive football a lot of the time. You saw a development from, from that sort of high intensity approach to no less really in terms of the tackles and interceptions he makes per game, but being able to pick moments where it's maybe not best to go out and press, being able to actually, I mean, I, I said to you before we recorded, and I think it's the, the clearest thing to me, it's his best attribute, which is this ability to um, entice the pass that he wants. He's so, so good now at, at scanning where, where the opposition 10 or advanced eight is, seeing where the ball is, and maybe just letting that eight or 10 just drift two, three yards off of him and knowing that it's happening, staying in position and sort of allowing that, that lane for the six to play the ball through on a more vertical line. And then he will, cause he's got such incredible acceleration. He's so quick over the first few yards. He'll then just cut across those few yards very quickly and intercept the pass. And then he can drive upfield and, and that ability to kind of manipulate the opposition. From a de- mm. when he's defending is the is the biggest thing that's developed super super quick from a defensive perspective with him. Okay, that's impressive. And then also in terms of on the ball, because I think my memories of Rice from a couple seasons ago to to the player that I've seen now the last year or so is in terms of his passing and even carrying. I think that general like tightness has come along, like in leaps and bounds since then. Or do you think that that's something that's always kind of been there, maybe decision making or um, or even the team around him has, has seen it unlocked? I think that's been... Obviously, he's developed as a player, but I think a big part of it has been confidence in the centrality of his role. Um, you know, over time, he's become a more and more important player to us, and he's more and more aware of, of actually just how good he is. I mean, I remember it would have been the start of the season before last, him talking about wanting to contribute more, wanting to get forward more, knowing that he's got the ability to drive with the ball and wanting to incorporate that part of his game into what he does for West Ham. And then we saw really, it was the season before last where we saw it just a ridiculous amount of incredible driving runs up the pitch, just carrying the ball, um, getting us to the final third. And that's so important. I mean, that season particularly, much more so than last season, we were a low block and counter team. And his ability to get us from A to B when we're defending around our, our box, just to immediately progress all the way up to the other end of the pitch in so many on so many occasions in so many games was so crucial to us being able to threaten the opposition and you saw that develop massively and then when you talk about um more what he does in terms of passing um I think that's maybe come on a little bit more uh in the last season when we tried to play I mean tried is maybe a bit kind tried to play some more possession football um and it was definitely on him to be uh, contributing from that perspective where previously maybe he had been criticised for being um, a little bit sideways and backwards. I would always have maintained that that was pretty unfair. Um, 
one thing that, that he didn't necessarily have was the shorter, uh, incisive passing, but he always had the ability to, to play those long um, diagonals. And we saw that a, a lot more over the course of the last season, him, him dropping into in almost sort of a 3-2 build-up shape at times, dropping alongside the centre-backs or coming and taking the ball off of a centre-back and then playing a pass straight out to one of the wingers and helping us get out of the pitch very quickly in a, in a different way. Okay, awesome. And then I think just putting all of this together, I'm interested in how you would sort of describe him stylistically and what you would say his best role is. I think touching on what you see as his biggest strengths, um, his biggest weaknesses, and thus a role that, you know, extracts the most out of him before we even think about putting him into Arsenal's current team. I think this is a difficult one because I think he has a lot of what you would need to be an extremely high level uh, number six. I think he, you know, he he's on a trajectory where he could quite uh, plausibly become the best number six in the world and, and be that player for quite a long time. Um, I think his his struggle in that has been as much that he hasn't had a coach that's wanted to play that way as much as he has maybe not developed his shorter, more incisive passing over the last few seasons as much as he he would have liked. So I think he's got everything he would need to be that kind of player. But I have to say, seeing him at West Ham and seeing what he can do in a four-four-two, I mean, he's just unstoppable uh, when you give him the freedom to be the player that can carry in that way. And you'd lose a little bit of that if he was holding things together as a six. So I almost see him maybe as a bit of a, um, I hate using this word, but I almost see him maybe as a bit of a throwback footballer, almost from that four-four-two, two banks of four. Roy of the Rovers. Yeah, where he can just can't like, he nicks the ball on the edge of the box and just let him run. I mean, he's so quick, he's so strong, he's nearly impossible to tackle when that's happening. Um, and you know, maybe I, I shouldn't be throwing this in because I only managed to read part of the article yesterday and I shouldn't be doing any football stuff because I'm on holiday. <laughs> but I read a little <laughs> bit of um, Amir's article uh, that was posted on Twitter the other day where he was talking about how the game is becoming more compact at, at both ends and having midfielders who can transition across these great distances in really short spaces of time, taking the ball from that part of the game when you're everyone's camped around one box it's really tight it's really narrow and then driving really far up to the other end of the pitch is super valuable um in the current climate in the premier league and um yeah i really see that for him i think that's where he's he's at his best i think the problem is that he's got things that he wouldn't have to really develop on when he reaches the final third to be to be the best version of that kind of player yeah, to be clear, um, that's Umir or Umerf one on Twitter. His his article, I believe, that's the one you're referring to, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. The one thing I wanted to ask is you spoke about basically he has some struggles as a six in terms of passing, but the, one of the other things that I've always had a a bit of a doubt, and I kind of say like playfully that he gives me a bit of an ick when I watch him in the first phase. As someone who who enjoys football, is very good at in deep possession. Um, is when he has his back to to play always you know facing his own goal i've always thought he kind of struggles to kind of get out of the turn which really does contrast to how press resistant he is once he's facing forward how much of an issue do you think that's going to be maybe with a bit more development in a possession based side i think it will take time i think he'll need time he'll need patience with that it's 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 clearly one of the things that he struggled with most we did try and play at times over the last season, more of a sort of four-one-four-one shape, if you like. Um, mm. I wouldn't have described it really as a four-three-three, but in that shape, it was very much Rice as the six and Pekater and Suchek as the eights, 
And when we saw him in that position, and I think when we've seen him play that position for England, although I must say at this point, I don't watch a lot of England. I'm a Wales fan, so I don't really ever catch England's games. Um, is that we see sometimes him him shuttling the ball straight back into the centre-backs rather than turning in moments where he can turn. That's clearly the, the the biggest part of his game that needs development. And yeah, time, patience, working with with a coach that's more interested in using him as a six and using him in that first phase to be to be able to to get you out and, and play forwards. Um, I think if he can master that and um, and turn at the right time, be able to actually roll away from pressure more himself. Um, then, and like you say, once he's facing forward, I mean, he's he's virtually impossible to tackle once he's facing forward. So he's just got to to master that part of the game. And I think then, yes, uh, his his ceiling as a six is 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 pretty ridiculous. Um, perfect. So just before we move on, my impression from what you've said is you kind of see him more suited currently as some sort of you know shuttling. um, almost rampaging eight rather than than someone who would sit in a possession-based team as the six, partly because of these issues under pressure when he has his back turned to play. Yeah, precisely. Okay, awesome, awesome. And then any other sort of, any other strengths in terms of his passing? Where do you think he's strongest? Where do you think maybe he, he lacks a bit in his passing game at the moment? Okay, so I think the biggest thing here is, as I've already described, his diagonals are super impressive. His lo- his vision for longer passes is brilliant. Um, he's fantastic at switching the play. Um, the the one area where I've always felt that he can massively develop as a player, and again, I'm not sure this is something that really comes under it, under a manager like David Moyes, is the ability to play short passes and then advance out of the position that you're in to then receive again. This is something mm-hmm. that I think if he did, he would be such an incredible player. He's already a brilliant player, but he would go to a totally new level because if he's moving before he receives... I can't see how any midfielder really in the Premier League is going to be able to get a shoulder across and stop him from going beyond um, in these situations. And I think that would be a massive development to his game. So it's all of the much shorter passing, the vision for tight diagonal sideways passes where he can advance to receive more sort of combinative play, um, particularly in second phase where I think he can massively develop as a player. And then the other thing that comes... When I'm describing him being, you know, more of a rampaging eight, I like the way that you put it, um, is that when he's arriving in the final third, I think one of the things that I have um, been frustrated with and something that I think he can uh, work on is once he gets within 35 yards of the goal or so, he starts to really telegraph that he's going to play it wide. And that makes it very, very easy for the defence to shift across and anticipate the pass, which narrows the space for someone like Ben Rama to work in. And it's been a frustration at West Ham because Ben Rama's actually quite a good dribbler. So if you give him the time to receive and drive at the fullback, then he's going to be in a much better situation than if he's receiving with the fullback already sort of in position to anticipate that that movement. Um I think in those situations, that's as much about knowing that he doesn't always have to play the pass as it is about being able to develop other kinds of passes as well because you know sometimes he can sell that pass to the left and then come inside but we never really see that um so it's just i don't know having a wider range of things that he could do in the final third or other options would massively help him as a player i think because at times he sort of gets into that space and he's either already half facing left which telegraphs entirely what he's about to do or he's made his mind up that he's going to shoot and and 
nine times out of ten when he's driving into the final third like that setting up a shot from range I mean anyone doing that you know nine times out of ten it's going to fly way over the bar so um, I think that's the one of the areas where he can massively develop as well. So that last part links a bit to um, something that we were actually discussing in the DMs when I first asked you about um, your thoughts on Rice and that was you speaking about him being really really good as a you know a ball striker or, or shooting on goal when he's coming in from the left, but he has some other terms of struggles um, in that sort of area about when he takes those shots? Yeah, this has been uh, <laughs> maybe a bit of a curious thing at West Ham recently, is that he shoots more, a lot more than he used to. And um, I think picking the moment is, is something that he needs to develop on a lot. Um, he's great when he is shaping for the sort of top right corner coming in from the left side. Um, but when he's more square on, uh, it's a, it's, well, I was going to say it's a bit hit and miss, but it's a bit miss and miss, uh, really when it comes to, to a shooting in those situations. And actually, sometimes he's a little bit too eager to, to wait and see if something opens up, which closes the space down too much for him, or he releases the shot too early. Um, and then it's maybe a little bit telegraphed as to where he's going. And he, you see it, if you watch his goals, you can see where he really perfects the moment where a player is running towards him. He's coming in from the left. He's bending towards the right corner and the player is able to get close enough that he can shoot. And there's a bit of a screen on the keeper, which just gives that second where the keeper can't anticipate the, where the ball is going and it, and it's already flown past him before he's able to, to, to move. And that is sort of his strongest element when it comes to, to finishing. All that he needs to really get is just how to generate those moments, if you get what I mean, rather than mm. being able to, to take advantage of them when they happen. When he knows that he wants to shoot, it's just about, you know, we see the top strikers in the game, Kylian Mbappe, someone I always think of when I think of finishing, always being able to just take that touch to the right and then cut it across into the left corner because he knows exactly what he wants to do and where he wants the defender and the goalkeeper to be. For Rice, it's just about knowing, hey, I've got this incredible ability at shooting from the right. I can whip it into the top corner, but how can I make sure that the defender is in the right position or I'm shooting at the right time to make sure that it's going to go where I want it to go? And that's something that, that will come with time, I hope, with him. Although, again, it's worth saying that shooting in, in more uh, challenging situations, I would say, although I think shooting from the left is pretty difficult, but shooting in the centre of the pitch or shooting from the right has generally been something that we've laughed about on AU as like... Here we go again. The ball's been <laughs> shunted back to Rice. It's going into row H. Fair enough. We're, we're very familiar with that with Partey and our team, so at least he can replicate that. Um, last thing before we move on um, is Aerially, you also said some interesting stuff because, I mean, generally the impression and the impression I have him is he's a tank Aerially, but you said he's quite weak at perceiving the speed of centre backs with long balls. Yes. Now, this is, this is an incredibly niche thing to talk about um, because he's very good in the air. But one thing that he does sometimes struggle with is when the ball is being sent along by the keeper or the opposition centre-backs and um, he's sort of, I would say, anywhere near the halfway line. Sometimes he has this moment of indecision where when the ball is first played, he expects the centre-back to be able to make up the distance, be it 10 yards, 15 yards, to charge forward and sort of leap over the top of him and head it away. So he can sometimes duck under the ball, which is something that we spoke about right at the start of this podcast, him doing when he first came into the first team as a centre-back, anticipating that someone else is taking responsibility. No one's there. And then someone picks up the ball on the other side of him. It's happened. It's the kind of thing that happens maybe five or six times 
uh, in a, across a whole season and only once does it create any sort of attacking situation for the, for the opposition. But it's one thing that does it, you know, if you watch West Ham really intently, it's something that's a bit of a repeating issue. Yeah. I think that's one thing that maybe is a incredibly, I really emphasize incredibly slight weakness, um, when it comes to his perception of space dealing with, with high balls. You've pointed out art now though, so I'll be, I'll be watching out for it next season. Um, let's move on to basically the point now is here. He's arriving at Arsenal from West Ham. And I think what's interesting is he's going to be playing a very different role to the one he has played for you guys under Moyes for the last couple seasons. Everything indicates that he's going to be that sitting six in a possession based side for us, you know, replacing Partey, I think rather than this. Roy of the Rovers, rampaging double pivot player who's more accustomed to playing in transition that he's been for West Ham, of course. Um, and I'm really interested in, in basically your thoughts of how he's going to adapt there. I think maybe to make this a bit easier for you, I'll first kind of describe the, the tactical setup we expect him to come into and arrive into. So as I said, I see him as a parter replacement. And in, in many ways, I think he, especially off the ball, one of the things with parter has been I have a lot of issues with him as a player on the ball, but he's always been an incredibly important player to the side in terms of what he does for Arteta out of possession, plugging holes, sweeping up any trouble in emergency situations, um, his ability to tackle, his his dominance, also dropping into the box at times airily, which has been been necessary, if not you know always something he does very constantly. Um, and I think Rice is one of the few players, in terms of also his mobility, who can not only replace what Partey has done, but actually even approve upon um, what Partey brings to the side in, in that respect. Yeah. What will be interesting, though, is obviously we're talking about this press resistance. Partey has been very good at turning out of pressure from from many angles. That's something I'm going to be interested in asking what Rice will offer there, or what we're going to need to help him in that respect, because one of the things that has happened is it looks like we've had Granit Xhaka who, you know, in the past season has also dropped down into sort of a double pivot shape to help Partey out of pressure at times, um, as well as just generally to to fix up the team. But now we have Havertz who, from my understanding and from what I've watched the player, really isn't someone who helps out much in the first phase. So what we have now is we have a player that I think in Rice, big improvement, I think, well, not big improvement, an improvement defensively. I think he's going to be an improvement on the ball because as long as his ability to mold, which I think I'm, I'm here asking you for, is his, a, his ability to be kind of molded to be a bit smarter in possession that I think we've never really got from Partey. Partey is a very good long passer, a long vertical passer, but lacks, and I, I always hesitate to use this word because it is kind of like nondescript in a way, but that, that pauser and that understanding of when to play which pass and where to position. But now we are replacing Partey, right? with Rice, who hopefully can do that, is very press-resistant when there's pressure on him. But not only do we have a player who's maybe a little bit less press-resistant when his back is turned to the opposition and he's facing his own goal, but also in Havertz, it's going to be interesting whether we actually have someone coming down to really drop and help him. One of the ideas that I have is I think we may see a return of Odegaard dropping a lot deeper again um, on the other side, which also means that Rice will be playing more on the left interior than the right interior, which we often saw with with Partey. And I think that suits Rice more. And then, of course, there are still going to be inverting fullbacks, I think, Zinchenko from the left. Potentially thoughts on Timber from the right? I'm not so sure. Um, but yeah, how do you basically see 
Rice forming into this whole, into the system of, of what he's going to give us as a six? I think the best place to start is maybe with my questions. So number one, largely we've seen Rice play on the left side of a double pivot at West Ham. And as I think you just sort of touched on there, uh, one of the things that I maybe be slightly concerned about or or not sure about is is how it would work if Zinchenko is the guy who's mainly inverting from left mm. back. Does that shunt Rice across to the right side where he's then dealing with angles that he doesn't deal with or hasn't dealt with week in, week out as a West Ham player for the last few seasons? It's not that he can't play there. He absolutely can. He's had some really great games actually on the right side of the pairing. But it's not something that he's you know, doing all the time. It's not so it's not his bread and butter, if you like. Um and the angles are, are of course completely different. So maybe that is a is a slight concern or something of interest to me. Um and then also like you say with Havertz coming into it, I assume yeah, I'd assume that that means Odegaard has to drop a little bit more. And that to me is more interesting as a solution um for for you guys because I think if he if if Erdegaard is dropping a bit, actually, it's something I covered with AU with with West Ham playing Arsenal. It's really difficult for us to deal with. If Erdegaard's dropping, I quite like the idea of Rice being able to to maybe move across to the left side of the pitch a little bit more, and Erdegaard fill that space on the right, and then that gives Rice the chance to oscillate a little bit more. Maybe have those moments where he drives forward with the ball a bit, or where he can switch the play out to the wingers very and um, be very direct, which I'm, I'm sure your wingers would be able to profit from. Um, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I think he is going to need help. I don't think he can he can be in there on his own. I think he will obviously get that help. But the interesting thing is whether it comes from Zinchenko or or Odegaard. I suppose a three two with, with Zinchenko in there as someone who is able to maybe do a little bit more of the, the tighter, more incisive stuff and allow Rice to to screen the defence and maybe do more vertical advance beyond at times and drive forward with the ball. That seems to be quite a nice partnership in my mind, certainly in terms of rest defence. If you're advancing into sort of a three two five shape, I know it's, you know, with a bunch of question marks over the the right side of the three because very much with White, he would sometimes advance beyond and, and, and join the front line as, as well. Um, but Rice, I think, would just be incredible from a pos- in-possession uh, point of view, being able to maintain pressure. So sort of hovering around uh, mm. and being able to kill all of the transitions to allow you to continue to, to, to keep the ball up the other end of the pitch. That's something that I think he would be absolutely brilliant at. I have to say, I think this is probably what excites me most about Rice, um, just in terms of, I think one of the things Arteta does best is this sort of thing I call like a pressure cooker situation where we've got a team camped in their own half, um, in their own third even, and then every time they get a ball out, we would have a very, very well-designed, well-constructed rest defense to kind of quickly get the ball and put it back in and then keep that pressure up, and I think Rice is someone who perfectly plays into that i mean I, I think it's something he could do at the eight or the six position to be fair um depends on how the, how we construct the the shape right um but I, I think either way it's something i'm very interested in i think uh, all, all i, I want to ask you on that although it's just just quickly i'm being uncooperative again i'm just jumping in but <laughs> when you when you talk about eight or six in that sense one of the things that i think you get maybe a little bit more when he's eight in that position is that 
you know, at times, I, have not, I haven't watched enough Arsenal to be able to say this for definite, but at times when I've seen Partey do it, he doesn't always necessarily make the right choice when he's winning the ball back and then mm. driving forwards again. Often Sometimes doesn't. You get he shots or, or poor passes that don't really set you up in the way that you'd want. Rice will be brilliant for that. He'll win the ball back, he'll drive forwards, commit someone, and then play a pass that allows you to attack at speed in a way that you maybe wouldn't with, with Partey. So I, I love the idea of him being more positioned as sort of an eight in rest defence where he can drift across the pitch, um, defend transitions, and then attack straight off the back of it rather than kind of settling or driving forward and ending up shooting from 30 yards. I think that would be really beneficial for you guys. Do you think he's better suited to being an eight for us, let's say replacing the the Xhaka role uh from last season now than he is the Partey role? I look I I think it I think his role I would describe his role more based on sort of like where does he fit in in rest defence and then where does he fit in and build up. If it's build up, I think you would want one of your fullbacks inverting or Erdogan dropping in and helping him out and making it more of a of a two, to be honest, to begin with, with a view to making it more him kind of the central six who doesn't move as much uh, and can receive the ball off the off off the um, centre backs and then turn out and play forwards because he will have that, but I don't think he'll have that instantly. I think that will come with time. And then when it comes to how he's positioned when you're attacking and you're in your, in your rest defense shape, I love the idea of very much sort of a, a, of a three, two where he's able to dominate either the, it doesn't really matter whether it's the right side of the pitch or the left side of the pitch, but he's able to dominate all the transitions. And, you know, maybe that partner can go forwards at times and he looks like more of a six and then it's going to be slowing down attacks rather than nicking the ball and driving forwards. But certainly in that three, two, um, shape when teams look to break out you know he can win the ball back with a slide tackle spin pick up the ball run and his acceleration is so good that he can drift past one or two people that are coming out to support that initial attack and then play a pass that sets you off and you've got the players who can who can thrive in moments like that if you know if he's nicking the ball in a counter-attacking situation for the opposition, so a counter-pressing situation, and then can pass the ball you know go past one and pass to Saka or Martinelli or Erdegaard that's super dangerous straight away for you guys. So I love the idea of that. In terms of soft factors, what do you think Rice is going to bring to the team? Because he's obviously, that is something that has been very hyped about him or, you know, spoken a lot with regards to what he brings. And obviously he has a big figure to replace in Granit Xhaka. I think he, he'll be great in this regard. I think he's a fantastic leader. I think he has made huge improvements um, on that side of his game over the last year or two. I mean, he was always a leader. I talked about him captaining the, the PL2 side. It's always been part of his game. But up until the last six months or so, there was more petulance in his in his game, times where things would go wrong. He would react maybe not perfectly. We saw when West Ham went out of the um, Europa League semi-final uh, season before last um, that... He reacted really badly to that and suggested that the, the ref was being paid and, you know, obviously things that you just really shouldn't, uh, shouldn't be doing as a, as a, as a captain of, of your team in a, in a difficult moment. And beforehand, he had had some criticism as well of, you know, maybe when teammates got things wrong, you know, throwing his arms in the air or, or turning away from the play. That seems to have really faded out of his game and uh, across the last season. And certainly when, it was like knuckle down West Ham were in a relegation battle. He was the player who really just took charge and 
very calm, very assured on the pitch, lead by example, really driving everyone on super vocal. Um, so all of that has, has come on a long way and, and already was at a high level before, um, last season. So I think he'll bring a lot from, from that side. I also just think he's a good character. You, you know, you see all the stuff, all the media that comes out of West Ham. He's always, um, having a laugh with his teammates. He's always someone that is involved on that side of things. So I think just being someone who can get on with, with other, other players really well and, and gel with, with people is very much sort of a comfortable, um, a confident person. So, you know, I don't have any concerns like about him moving into a new dressing room and adapting to that in any way. I think he'll be brilliant at that. I think he's a super adaptable person when it comes to yeah, that side absolutely. of his personality. That's something that stood out to me a lot is every sort of player that you see speaking about him in any interview is always speaking about him, not only highly in terms of the footballer he is, but also in terms of the person he is. And you can see he's already close with Saka and I think Ramsdale as well from the current squad, England squad, of course, and Arsenal squad. Um, Jack, I have a thousand more questions I could ask you, but I think you've been absolutely brilliant. Um, I'm really glad that you came on and took some time away from your holiday to, to speak with me and, and you know, uh, deliver a fantastic episode for our listeners. You're most welcome. It was fun. I'm uh, I'm slightly miserable talking about right talking about Arthur. <laughs> and just, 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 maybe so slightly my, beginning to panic about next season, but <laughs> <laughs> my revenge was successful then. This was me, Paqueta, a year ago. Um where can people find you? Uh and can you tell us a little bit? I know you also you know, the editor of Analytics United. Can you tell us a bit about that as well? Sure. Well, you can find me on Twitter um, at Jack Alderton um, and you can find uh, us on Twitter at Analytics uh, UTD underscore. Um, we set up a site because we wanted to give uh, writers a chance or tactics writers a chance to to work, be paid for their work and, uh, and work around the teams that they're most interested in. Um, and over the last year, we've we've done huge amounts of, of coverage on West Ham, not just um, covering post-match, but also pre-match at times, uh, particularly when it comes to, to, to European fixtures. Uh, lots of scout report stuff, so looking at players from, from around Europe that could move to teams in the Premier League. Um, Cal, who, um, Cal Goodall, who I work with at Analytics United, has been absolutely brilliant for that. So looking at players like um, Carlos Alcaraz before before he joined, big piece on him, suggesting actually suggesting Southampton as the team that should buy him uh, well before it <laughs> happens. So um, he's been brilliant for that. And um, yeah, you can catch our work over there. We've got uh, Southampton coverage, West Ham coverage, a bit of Brentford stuff too. Um, and I'm sure we'll be adding more over the course of, um, of the next couple of seasons. Um, and if you're really, really interested, which would be great, you can sign up and become a member at Sportquid a month and um, yeah you get all of our pod work then <laughs> so you can hear me rambling in the way that you have done for the last <laughs> hour every single week and I mean if you haven't if you didn't know how good Jack was before and I think you know from this episode now how worthwhile that is signing up to so please do uh, thank you so much again Jake um, Jack thank you so much again Jack and then that's where the mistake came from and then also thanks so much to james blake who is responsible for our music and you can find his music um at spotify and yeah see you guys next week